We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Tell me who can guard in this league. I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA podcast presented by FanDuel.com. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Wednesday, November 6th. And James, you and I are both draft guys. Uh, we've been waiting a long time to have actual game to evaluate players based on and even though it's an extremely small sample um, we got to watch the champions classic last night which in years past last year specifically featured at the time three guys we thought might go one two three in the nba draft uh, in barrett zion and reddish all, th- all three ended up going in the top 10 um, but i think it's important to remember you know as we evaluate these classes that i think rj barrett had like 33 points in the opening game last year and was firmly the number one guy. And it, it took a few games at least until Zion, you know, kind of became the Zion Williamson that we know now. Even, even more so than that, uh, Quentin Grimes looked like a top five pick. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is now where? He transferred somewhere. I don't I don't know where. At the best game of his life in the Champions Classic yeah. and then never played well ever again. <laughs> He's actually at Houston. Somehow got a – I believe he got a waiver to play right away this year. So we'll see if he can rehab his stock. Um 
but it, it was kind of strange because I mean you had the top four teams in the country playing um, in Kansas, Duke, Michigan State, and Kentucky. There's a lot of big prospects, you know, a lot of guys to know, but not necessarily anybody that you're staring at saying, you know, this guy's going to be the number one pick. And, and even the player who I think between these two games probably impressed the most, Tyrese Maxey for Kentucky um, with 26 points, including a huge Malik Monk-esque three to ice that game against Michigan State. I mean, he'll, he'll get drafted. He'll be an NBA guy if he wants to be, but he's you know kind of a tweener, you know, a, a point guard size guy who's a little bit more of a shooting guard. I, I saw some Lou Williams comps for him last year which, or last night, which I think is fairly accurate, but uh, kind of strange for, for these teams to be ranked in the top four and have so few, at least right now, you know, kind of top five, top 10 type of NBA prospects. Yeah, I might like Maxi a little more than you, at, at least in terms of where I think he'll get drafted. I just think... Uh, a guy from Kentucky that has that kind of range and that kind of I think he's got better than Lou Williams type of size uh maybe it just looked that way because he was mm-hmm. playing against great athletes too. that guys. helps but uh just I mean if you have that type of body and length and can shoot from there I would think he'll he'll get drafted in the top 10 if he just plays fairly well this year but uh I I watched like I told my wife like I'm gonna watch a little bit of this uh this duke uh kansas game and i watched three minutes of it and was just like this is terrible i'm turning it off you can watch whatever you want uh it just was gonna be a complete waste of time and and you and i are big time nba over college guys in the first place so it's not that you know it, it that that's gonna happen a lot more than it doesn't but this this year might especially just be a really rough college hoops year from a looking for draft prospect mm-hmm. standpoint like i think at the end of the day the draft will be fine it'll be you know just as much talent as you have in a, in a normal year probably but i think a lot of that talent's going to come from just all over the place like mm-hmm. a guy from this school a guy from this school a guy from this school a guy from europe a guy from australia like like it's just you're not going to have many games where you're watching even one first round guy let yep. alone multiple first round guys yeah i mean i i am most certainly an NBA over college guy, but I I definitely don't consider myself someone who like rags on college basketball and won't watch it. Like I watch a ton of college basketball. I still love it, but you are right. These champions classic games, despite the talent on the court every year, it's been like this have been so sloppy. And, you know, to go from these last few weeks, watching a ton of NBA to just like the type of wide open shots that are missed, the lack of finishing, the lack of touch around the rim uh, is pretty astounding. And it it becomes really difficult to watch. I'm perfectly fine. Like I'm, you like college more than I do. I, I only watch it for – I like the tournament, but I only watch it in the regular season for uh, future NBA guys. And I'm I'm perfectly fine not having to watch any college hoops yeah. this year if it's just going to be kind of tough to find those games mm-hmm. you're watching uh, significant college prospects. Uh, Kansas turned the ball over 28 times last night and yeah, lost by two. I, I just, like, looked at the floor. I looked at the players, <laughs> and I was like – maybe this shooter is going to make the nba maybe this defensive mm-hmm. center is going to make the nba other than that it's just a bunch of guys who yep. aren't going to amount to anything and why am i wasting my time with this if you're if you're like a diehard college over nba guy this is probably your ideal season because like you said so many of the top prospects are spread around you know you don't have these you know, two or three years ago I think college basketball made a slight resurgence when you had, it felt like we had big games every weekend. You know, Kentucky ended up playing UCLA in the tournament. They had met earlier in the year, um, you know, kind of getting to see Malik and, or Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox go up against Lonzo Ball, those type of matchups. Like 
we're just not going to get that this year. You know, Anthony Edwards is not going to go play James Wiseman. Um, some of these these top two to, to top ten type of guys are spread out. You got guys at Washington. You got guys at USC. You know, like the, it's just kind of a lot of we might have a lot of like singular Markel Fultz type of situations where you watch the highlights. They look great. You know, they'll be on TV every now and then, but you're not going to have, um, you know, I even think back to like the John Wall Kentucky team felt like they were featured on CBS every single weekend playing a big game. And I think if you're not a big NBA draft guy, this is one of those years where, you know, people are going to kind of have to do their homework late because you're just not going to get the national exposure. Right. And I think this is going to be, you know, the norm and it might even get worse than this mm-hmm. uh, with each successive year with uh, players just realizing that there are better options. If you, if you don't want to be a student athlete, there's just better mm-hmm. options of, of how to kill that, that year before you enter. And then in a couple of years, you'll be able to enter out of high school anyway. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's fine, but I, I don't think we're going to talk as much college hoops on the show no. this year as we have in past years. I looked at a mock last night and four of the top 10 picks were international guys. You know, yeah. so and that, I, I don't think that's necessarily going to change anytime soon. Um, I'd rather, I think I'd rather watch EuroLeague than college hoops personally. But yeah, I mean, it, it at least guys seem to be getting more playing time in these type of situations. Like Lamelo Ball, for example, who I, I think we're pretty split on still. Like he's he's averaging like fourteen seven and six in in Australia. Which if you remember, like when Moutier and Jennings went over there, they were like barely playing, and it was it was just kind of a different system i guess back then it was a little bit more of like a radical decision and i I think it was met with some more resistance over there where their status as top recruits in the u.s like didn't seem to matter and i I think now guys go over with kind of a more of a two-way understanding where i'm not going to go here if you're just going to sit me on the bench um which i think is good for for not only the prospects but for nba evaluations as well because i remember watching you know whatever grainy stream i could find of a brandon jennings game in, in italy and like you're lucky to catch seven minutes of them on the court. And I think now teams are pretty confident in what they're able to see, you know, in these, these ABL and NBL type of games. So I I think we'll continue to see guys, um, RJ Hampton, you know, is another one to, to kind of take that route, but, uh, not too many takeaways. Like you said, from last night, I think James Wiseman, you know, they played South Carolina state, uh, not a lot to see there, but he was a little more athletic than I thought. A lot of the highlights I'd seen were him, you know, just cleaning up against six, six guys and kind of, you know, basically only having to go 80% to dominate. And he looked like an athletic freak, kind of a, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Carl Towns type of guy. Um, but I'll be interested to see, I think, you know, what he looks like against better competition. In the NBA last night, Dwight Howard continues to look like a new man. I sent you a clip um, of him kind of bodying up um, Kobe White of the Chicago Bulls on the perimeter, swatting Kobe White into the stands. Um, I think you were considerably less impressed with that than I am. Um, but you'll be impressed, uh, I think, or at least proud of me. I wrote uh, an article for the site yesterday um, on kind of guys for, for fantasy to buy low or, or sell high on, and I included Dwight as a sell high. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know that he can do this for another 75 games. Wow. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, I, I just, he's been so bad that I <laughs> am not ready to, by any means, say that he's a, a completely different player he looks different physically yeah, which is the hair is different certainly good i mean he, he uh doesn't look like old and slow anymore uh but you know I, it would actually not be the worst story i mean it'd be kind of cool uh just if he actually had a a real like bounce back year mm-hmm. like kind of sort of like what derrick rose did last right. year uh but i think we're 
we're a ways from kind of saying that that's actually happening. Well, the standards are so low that like people are were like hyped by how well Dwight Howard played last night. He had six points, six rebounds, one block, five fouls. You know, like that yeah. was considered like a really good Dwight. Him, him not being just a gigantic obvious right. negative when he's out there is an achievement yeah. for him right now. So let's let's kind of settle yeah. down uh, a little mm-hmm. bit before we say Dwight's back. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season is in full swing, and FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, and these contests start at just $0.25 per entry. All you have to do is pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You can play against your friends for bragging rights, or you can play against the public for millions of dollars in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw. That's fanduel.com slash rw. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with that first deposit on FanDuel. That'll get you access to our DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles, draft software, everything you need to win your leagues this season. Just visit fanduel.com slash rw. Void where prohibited. This was a really weird game. Um, Anthony Davis was terrible in the first half. He was one of eight from the floor. He was a minus 18. It was just actually like single-handedly killing the Lakers um, and he sat for big portions of the second half and the bench was actually able to get him back into this game but um, Kyle Kuzma finally had had an impact in his third game back 15 points four rebounds my question to you I've not seen this anywhere yet maybe you have who is going to be the first person to write the the Lakers should have kept Brandon Ingram instead of Kuzma article uh, well the problem with that article is that I think it's a pretty big leap to assume that that was ever even an option. So I, I think people... I don't know. I feel like based on what was reported at the time, and this was coming mostly from the Lakers, like weren't they fighting to keep Kuzma? I think they, like were they were fighting. It seemed like they were fighting to keep Kuzma over like Josh Hart. I don't think that... I don't think there were any iterations of that deal that would have not had Ingram or Ball in the deal. So you don't think they could have just swapped Kuzma for Ingram? I do not. I mean, in retrospect, obviously they shouldn't have, you know, for yeah. New Orleans. But well, I mean, the Ingram, in many people's eyes, was their best trade chip. So how would, how are you swapping him out for? I don't know. I, I I'm just saying the way it was reported, and again, it was mostly <laughs> Lakers type of outlets were reporting that you know New Orleans really wanted Kuzma, and the Lakers weren't willing to part with him. Maybe I it's always, Kuzma on so top I, of all this. I always read that as like they wanted Kuzma instead of Hart, or they okay, wanted, sure. they, they That's very possible. They yeah, I. I I st- I think Ingram's really overrated right now, uh, just because he's mm-hmm. kind of in the perfect situation to put up crazy numbers. Uh, and once they have Zion, I think there's just a ton of spacing issues that mm-hmm. will really cut into his value. But I think people are high enough on Ingram relative to Kuzma as a prospect that I I just mm-hmm. think that that would be. I mean, you might get a Lakers right like if the Lakers start really stinking which doesn't seem like it's going to happen mm-hmm. uh then you could see like lakers people saying oh we shouldn't have traded ingram but i think that's why we haven't heard this yet is because it hasn't come to that the lakers are six and one um they i mean they they were going to squeeze every right thing they could out of that trade and not have it like i just cannot imagine how you even have the balls to suggest that as the Lakers that no, we're not going to include Ingram in this mm-hmm. trade. I mean, I, I just think that that was a inevit- yeah. inevitability. I, I just I don't know. I think there are some teams that probably in you know incorrectly probably valued those two pretty close, Kuzma mm-hmm. and Ingram. And that, you have to remember too that Ingram was hurt to end the year. He hadn't played in a while at the time the trade went down. He had the blood clot issue. Is I mean this 
nobody foresaw this, right? Like nobody thought Brandon Ingram would have a 40 point game, would be averaging 26 and seven, would be shooting, you know, 49% from three on five attempts per game. This is a guy who had never taken more than 2.4 threes per game. He already, he needs 14 more threes to make more this season than he had all of last season. And he's played seven games. Is, see, the, the more likely, uh, think piece to me that i would anticipate we see soon if if it hasn't already been written it might have already been written is just how bad of a coach is luke walton (laughs) (laughs) well uh let me me google that quick to see if it's been written maybe you could write it (laughs) because i mean he you know obviously the that warriors season that really doesn't count for anything uh but then you have that lakers season where i mean the ingram threes thing you know, maybe it's just the player deciding in the offseason, I'm going to be a free agent after this year. If I don't start taking threes, I'm not going to get a max deal. But you have to imagine any coach with the Lakers last season would have been pleading with him to take more threes than he was taking. So, right. you know, at, I think part of being a coach is getting guys to do things maybe they don't want to do. Like, I mean, the. the so is Alvin Gentry a great coach? Like, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think you look at what's happening with the Kings. Uh, you look at how much better pretty much all the prospects the Lakers sent to the Pelicans are looking. Josh Hart looks incredible this year. Trade. Uh, I, I certainly think Luke Walton's stock yeah. is is pretty much at the at its lowest point right now. Yeah, I agree. And this is all you know the off court stuff aside, which is really kind of blowing over. Um, right, I mean, his I, I his his bad coaching is as a. Uh, has over overlapped his mm-hmm. uh off court uh, stuff right last note on brandon ingram we, we've mentioned this before but i think we need to keep reiterating that one of his nicknames is humble beast and i really really want that to catch on i want it to be like when you say mamba you think kobe those are mm-hmm. synonymous like I, I want to get to the point by the end of the year that you could walk up to a random nba follower and say did you see humble beast last night and they'll know exactly who you're talking about maybe work it into a mike breen call on a game winner <laughs> I don't know. Like that almost seems too advanced for for Breen. Like he usually doesn't dabble in the in the nicknames too much. Maybe an Iron Eagle uh, could work that in. Um, we already talked Champions Classic. Do you have a? Do you want to talk surprise teams sure. or? Yeah, let's talk surprise teams. So we talked about the Suns last week. We don't have to hit on them. They've kind of continued their run. They had a, an impressive win over an Embiidless Sixers team. Uh, the other what, night. Well, the one thing I do want to just say with them is I'm fascinated to see how their their net rating their defensive rating specifically how that is altered once DeAndre Ayton comes back because I think there's a very strong likelihood that they actually might at the end of the year it might be they were better without DeAndre Ayton than they were with DeAndre Ayton and I think that that'll uh, lead to a lot of people trying to reconcile stuff but uh, I, I just think it's worth watching does DeAndre Ayton's return mm-hmm. kind of mess with whatever kind of magic they've sort of captured over the first uh, couple of weeks? I agree with you that it will be a storyline. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be fair because I, th- I think they're due to regress no matter what. And it might just happen to coincide with Ayton coming back. And I think it could end up unfairly being pinned on him. But I mean, if the results are the results, that that is what it is. But it is worth noting too the one game that he played in they won 124 to 95 so it's not like they got blown out with eight and then and, all of a sudden they're winning who'd they play in that game again really good team the kings <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i, I, I mean, mean it's the only sample all, we have so, it's not so, like he was a disaster in that but game. i'm just like to me 
Aiton's a very complicated player to win games with because he does not stretch and mm-hmm. he does not defend. So like that that's a you need a just incredibly like you need a Spurs style like coaching uh thing to kind of make that sort of thing work in the NBA right now. And I just think that when he returns those issues just because yeah. the guys that are playing over him right now they either shoot or they defend, and he doesn't do either. So yep. that's just going to be a, a complication. I agree. The uh, The fact that he hasn't even started shooting threes is really discouraging. That was such, such a big part He's of his appeal. the lowest shot arc. Of yeah. maybe, Rui Hachimura is trying to challenge yep. him for that title, but uh, it's just I can't, can't imagine him being a good three-point shooter with that arc. I don't know what it was based on. I mean, he didn't really hit threes at Arizona. He took them every now and then. The shot for a for a seven one guy, the shot like looks pretty good, I guess. Like but it, it looks really good from like fifteen feet. It looks, yeah, I just mean a, the mechanics of it look good, like the the arc and whatnot. I mean, the actual sure. is it going in does not always look good. But I think the promise was okay by his first or second year. You know, he'll start. Maybe he's taking fifty threes a year, and even if he's only hitting you know 25 30 percent of them he's still somewhat of a threat the problem is he hasn't even been a threat like nobody's you're not coming out on deandre Ayton right, he's, if he's, he's holding the ball at the top of the key there's no way he's turning into you know carl anthony towns no. and there's i towns is like, one of the best three-point shooters in the league if you like i don't even think he's gonna turn into like a mark gasol type of guy that like or al horford type of guy where you might leave him and if he's wide open like yeah. it's a really good shot uh i just no. i don't think he's ever gonna even i think that's there. the best case like, yeah. i i think if even if he could become an Embiid type where the numbers say it might you don't even want him shooting threes because he's taking bad looks like at least defenders have to somewhat respect Embiid, and he's worked that into that the great pump fake that he that he uses all the time like nobody's running deandre Aiden off the line in any mm-hmm. situation and like you said the guys that they have now nobody's gonna argue that frank kaminsky and aaron baines are inferior players to deandre Aiden, but since Aiden went down, Aaron Baines is playing 27 minutes a game and averaging 17 points, six and a half rebounds, four assists, and taking five threes a game and hitting 47% of them. And he's, uh, if not the biggest piece, one of the biggest pieces of their defensive success yeah. so far. 1.2 blocks as well. I mean, I Baines has always kind of been a permanent guy like this. We've never really seen him get extended run where he's looking at close to 30 minutes for, for this long. And the problem with Aiden is you can't you can't really reduce his workload when he's back like he he's the number one pick last year you're not just gonna six, bring him off the bench behind Aaron Baines <laughs> like they're in a pretty tough spot and I mean do you I think we both agree that as this as his career goes on it's gonna look worse and worse that they didn't take Doncic and at some point even probably Trey Young we've probably oh, already reached that point already already <laughs> there already easily there with with bag Trey Young was incredible and, last night uh, by the way he's he's so fun I mean he I wrote in our best bets piece. Uh, there's just I, I kind of dismissed. I, I had the the Spurs money line as as part of a parlay. I was just like, well, there's no way. Yeah, the Hawks are well, the Spurs uh, had that the, game. The John until, Collinsless Hawks yeah. are beating the. But I'm starting to wonder: is John Collins overrated because? Trey Young basically made Jabari Parker look like John Collins at times yeah. last night. I, I think mean, John Collins is overrated. I think I, he's closer to an Aiden type. I think trey young is just so good that mm-hmm. he makes he really just makes anyone that's out there with him look good at times he he throws guys open yep. in just a way that is just so just so easy uh, for these guys to just dunk yep. at home i mean yeah uh, i mean jabari had a great game he's he had an incredible pass late in that game to deandre bembry on yeah. a cut like he threw the pass you've probably seen it if you're listening to this it was all over twitter but he threw the pass from the corner when bembry was still like in like the first third of his cut like it was just an, an unbelievable play for a guy that young I, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about someone 
than Trey Young. All right, let's take a break so I can tell you about Stat Hero. Let's talk about the value in daily fantasy for a minute. Big prizes are attractive, but you have to finish in the top 2% out of thousands of experts to win any real money. So even on your best day, you still feel like you're losing. Now you can play something better. That is Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a house-based game that combines the best of daily fantasy and survivor pools. Each Stat Hero contest lasts multiple days, but requires only one entry fee, so your money lasts longer. You can play multiple days with only one entry fee. Stat Hero gives you smaller contests and more chances to win, and no more competing with sharks or experts ever, because your only competition is Stat Hero itself. You play Stat Hero, you beat Stat Hero, you get paid by Stat Hero. Survive the game and download Stat Hero today and see how the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. Finally, a game designed for the rest of us, Stat Hero, now open for NFL and NBA and available on both iOS and Android. For more information, please visit StatHero.com. Was I more wrong about Trey Young or Josh Jackson? Ooh, I think I think it has to be Jackson just because of how bad he's been. Like he's not he hasn't even been like McCall Bridges. Like right. he's been It's not like I was saying Trey right Young now. shouldn't play in the league. Like <laughs> Josh Jackson's almost out yeah. of the league. I mean for a while there it looked like Ingram might be in that category, but I think you were maybe right all the time that, that Ingram I mean he might end up being I think it was KOC brought this up on on the pod yesterday, like all of a sudden the debate is back open with how well Ingram has played. Like in the next three years, would you be shocked if he's and the way that you know Ben Simmons, who we can talk about in a second, really hasn't quite developed. Like, I, I would still take Simmons going forward based on what he showed, but I mean Ingram at least has kind of forced that conversation. Yeah, no, I mean I think the people that were high on Ingram have to feel vindicated to some extent, but I mean we're, we're watching a guy do this in a ultimate good stats bad team oh, yeah. context. I mean, say what you want about Simmons. I mean he at least. Uh, has competed at extremely high levels. He's a legitimate two-way player. He's got this one obvious flaw, uh, but I mean, I think I think we should wait more than a, mm-hmm. a couple weeks to say that that's back open. How surprised are you that the Miami Heat are a top four team in net rating? Prior to last night, they were number one. The Bucks well, are now number one. I mean, you remember how high I was on them before the season, and yet they are still one of my three biggest positive surprises Mm -hmm. because i i thought they were going to get like the five seed or maybe the four seed if everything broke right and like that that kind of is a 44 45 46 win type of team Mm -hmm. uh that's probably where i would still expect them to end up you know kind of in the mid mid 40s maybe high 40s with some good luck but uh the fact that it's not even sort of a question anymore whether they belong in that sort of top six is is nice to see and uh this is just you know it's one of the best organizations in the game in terms of just everyone being on the exact same page from ownership on down and uh jimmy butler is just a perfect fit in that uh in that environment i think he's just the the ultimate miami heat type of player uh and they've surrounded him with with a really nice supporting cast i mean bam Adebayo has been as good as as we expected so yeah i mean that they look like a legit top five seed in the east I think maybe what's most impressive too is they've they've done this without one of their key guys basically every night and ironically they had everybody finally last night and and lose to Denver but I mean Butler missed time obviously at the beginning of the season um you know the only guys who have played in in every game are Adebayo, Leonard, Dragic, Nunn, Duncan Robinson and Hero you know and then you have James Johnson missing time, Winslow's already missed time um and they just seem way deeper I guess than I thought and it helps when 
you hit on someone like Hero, you know, in the late lottery and, and someone like Kendrick Nunn comes out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, we were not really factoring that in, or at least I wasn't, you know, having two players who are playing much better than, you know, than their draft slots or their history would suggest. And I think now you look at the East, for me, it's still Milwaukee and Philly in some order, one, two. But that next three of Boston, Miami, and Toronto, I think are all pretty close. And they maybe are even a little bit closer to the top two than, than I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that they, they're going to be a better regular season team than a playoff team just because mm-hmm. coaching and just system. like it Kind of like these current last iterations of the Spurs to me where uh, you're just going to be more prepared and, and you know maybe deeper than a lot of the teams you play. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to the postseason, I don't think you're going to be able to get to five total players that belong on the court in a big playoff game yeah uh, so it's just it's it's a nice step in the right direction after they had that awful summer a couple of years ago and and put a bunch of bad contracts on the books uh they're getting closer to the end of that tunnel but i mean i i don't expect this team to you know maybe if they get a matchup with the raptors that'd be a really fun series you know that I would still take the Raptors, but I wouldn't say the Heat wouldn't have a chance in that series. Yeah. But I, I can't picture them beating any of the top three teams. I, I can't either necessarily. I think they could beat Boston if, if we're penciling them in as number three. They could. I would, I'm not saying I would necessarily pick them. But I also don't think if you're Milwaukee or Philly, I don't think you want to play Miami. I don't think that's a matchup you'd be looking forward to. If they, yeah, because it's going to be it's going to just be a pain in the ass. Right. And they, yeah, I mean, they might have if, if it's Milwaukee, Miami has the second best player in the series by far. And, and Jimmy Butler and I think the rest of the supporting casts are like fairly comparable I think the Bucks are deeper um and you know Giannis I think is is well, so much better I than, mean I think I would still take the Bucks oh, of course like four or five it's just it's those are going to be it's not going to be like a piston series no, no, no. from last year where I would they, say Bucks in, in five or six yeah I mean I think I think Miami has a good chance to to make that a series Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That is why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I just used SeatGeek earlier this year, twice actually, to get tickets to Green Bay Packers games. No issues either way. Just downloaded the tickets, had them right on my phone, scanned them, boom, I was in. Super, super easy. That's how it works with SeatGeek. And best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA, R-O-T-O-N-B-A. Again, that promo code is ROTONBA for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Who else is on your good surprise list? Uh, we had the same three teams, uh, Suns, Lakers, Heat. I mean, I, I was high on the Heat, uh, but they still surprised me. I expected the Lakers to win around 50 games, but mm-hmm. they've uh, been better than that. So, um, you know, I I would have had them, if we were just kind of ranking teams' odds for getting the one seed out west, I would have had them behind the Jazz, Clippers, and Nuggets. Mm-hmm. 
Am I forgetting somebody? No, I don't think so. Um, Lakers. But yeah, I mean, now that that now they're uh, in that mix to get to get the one seed, I think that mm-hmm. would be huge for them, and it would be really huge for them if they could get enough of a cushion that they could start giving AD and LeBron some rest down the stretch mm-hmm. because obviously you need those guys to be 100% yep. uh, heading into the postseason. And I thought that they were going to have to be sort of battling all year to get even a home court advantage in the, in the first round. And, you know, if they can kind of avoid that towards the end of the year, yep. that'd be huge. I think they still will. I mean, we've, the schedule's backloaded for them. Right. You know, they're, they've definitely taken advantage of an easy early season schedule and I think they will regress. I mean, their lack of depth is going to catch up with them at some point. I, I don't think they're going to cakewalk to a top three seed. Um, but I mean, the more wins you can bankroll early on yeah, and kind of have, you know, if, if you have to play Denver and Utah and the Clippers a bunch of times, you know, in, in March and April, you can maybe afford to drop one of those because you're winning games early on, which is kind of surprising to me that the Clippers, you know, we've, we've talked about Kawhi, you know, he's going to rest tonight against Milwaukee. You know, the Clippers can still be competitive against anybody with, with their supporting Mm -hmm. cast, but this is a game you probably figure they lose and maybe it's 50, 50 with Kawhi and that, that factors into it. But this will be the second game now that they're basically going to throw because, you know, they don't want to overdo Kawhi, which, which I understand based on how it went last year, but they don't seem concerned whatsoever about kind of doing what the Lakers are doing and, and trying to bankroll these wins early. Yeah, it would be really hilarious uh, if the, like, let's say the Clippers had the four seed and the Lakers had the one seed and then they met in the second round right. and the Clippers were everyone's pick to win the series. Uh, that could very well happen. <laughs> I think the Clippers are in that mode. You know, they're kind of in right. the mode that, LeBron's been in for the last few years where it's just get me to the playoffs, get me home court, and we'll go from there. And I think that says a lot about their their confidence even without Paul George. But still surprising that Kawhi is, you know, we're two and a half weeks into the season and he's about to miss his second game for for load management. Negative surprises. Very interested to see who is on your list here. So you said to do three, but I had to go four. Uh, sure. And we actually don't have a ton of overlap on this one. So... For my first one, it's the well. What's okay? Let's work work from uh, horrible to just kind of mediocre. Sure. Uh, the Kings, Whew. my goodness, uh, fourth fourth worst net rating in the league, and there's a nice big drop off between five and four. So it's it's the Kings, the Warriors, the Knicks, and the Grizzlies. As I'm kinda, seeing third worst, Stephen. Oh, okay. I'm looking at NBA.com. Okay. Um, so either way, I mean they're they're horrible, and it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I it's just kind of a. It was so obvious, like it, it should have been so obvious uh, before the season to be like, whoa, they they won way more games than anyone expected last year. Uh, a lot of these guys had just monster breakouts uh, that might see some regression, and they're probably getting at, at worst or at at best like a a mild downgrading coach but uh possibly a a huge downgrading coach right and i i really you know i know dave yeager's a tough personality and and very headstrong in in terms of what he believes but i wonder if they really should have worked harder at, at making that fit work and trying to do you know you know, meet in the middle somewhere right. where you could have sort of a long you know a nice 10-year run with the same coach and just find a way to like get along and, and hear each other's thoughts and give him the security to, to, to kind of do what he, he feels is best for the team because 
you know, he might be one of the better, uh, you know, X's and O's coaches out there. And I know he's a tough personality, but uh, the downgrade from, from him to Walton, you know, I think it's just been extremely obvious so far, uh, especially on the defensive end. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't even buy that the Bagley injury is a huge part of this because what was Bagley going to be kind of just a, an average player when you factor in offense and defense this year. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't see him as just no. once he's back, they're going to go on this crazy Not run. So, you know, to me, they're uh, the most disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on Jaeger. You, not many organizations go from 27 wins to 39 wins with that young of a team and then fire their coach. Right. And, and I would even, I would go push back further and say that people were pretty happy with the Walton hiring. I think, a lot of people saw it as a lateral move at you know at worst, and I think a lot of people saw, thought he got a bad shake in in L.A. I think it was you know people thought you know, it wasn't really his team, and then the LeBron thing that becomes LeBron's team, and like I, th- I think people were still on Luke Walton's side, you well, know, off court stuff aside. It, it, so the problem is though that you go, you have this guy that that takes this team and really overperforms with this team, and then you fire him uh, because you can't get along with him not you don't fire him because of his coaching mm-hmm. and then you bring in a coach who's basically the exact opposite type of coach of, of him so like you're basically willingly undoing a lot of the progress you made the previous year right. by completely switching things up in that regard and yep. it just it it seems like a complete disaster i mean now they've got you know that that buddy healed contract could end up looking terrible uh the fact that they're going to end up probably losing Bogdanovich because of it could end up looking terrible. I mean, I know that he hasn't been off to a great start either, but he could be easily be a better player yep. than healed long Future term. Buck. Uh, I mean, the, the Bagley pick is terrible. Uh, so it's just, you know, the, they might just be really kind of screwed going forward. Yeah, imagine a De'Aaron Fox, Luka Doncic backcourt. That, yes. was, that was a Think very real possibility. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's concerning to me about the Kings, and to be fair, they've, they've won their last two. They blew out the Knicks the other night. They, they had a good win uh, at home against Utah on Friday. But prior to that, it was like just horrible losses, like losing by 20, 30 points to the Suns, to the Blazers, to the Jazz. You know, they played Denver relatively close. They lose to Charlotte. Um, it, it just seemed like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the type of games where you're like quitting, basically. Yeah, right. Just non-competitive losses. Right. That, that's what's extremely This early concerning. in the season. Right. On a young team. Yeah, that rarely portends um, success in the future. Who else is on your list? Uh, the Magic. Uh, we have some overlap there. Um, you know, this one, it's just the offense is so, so, so bad. They're uh, averaging 93.6 points per game. They have not hit 100 points yet. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the defense is going to be good all season, and I think they're going to, you know, I still think they can make the playoffs, but this is not, you know, I know there were, I think Kevin Pelton's projection model had them as like a top five or six seed. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be sneaking in and getting waxed in the first round. And, you know, the Nikola Vucevic has has kind of come on over his last couple games, but you know what would have been so bad about just letting him walk i i don't it's it's, he's he's almost 30 we need this guy we we need to build around this guy like what what are you building around it all it all felt very uh mid-decade bucks you know where it's like it's not like they got the four seed last year or went to the conference finals with that team like they maxed it out they won one game 
against the Raptors in the first round and got killed the rest of the way and basically brought back the same team plus yeah. Markel Fultz and Al Farouk Aminu. And you well, yeah, they, they bring in Aminu at the position where the, the only position where they have quality depth. Right. And then you you pay Vucevic for by far the best year of his career. And it's not like Vucevic is the type of player where like like if you know, Jokic, if Jokic hits the open market, every single team in the league wants to max him. Yep. If Vucevic hits the open market, I don't know where he's getting anything close to that contract from. And and it was just kind it would have of been a, other teams like the Magic. Like the Kings would have looked at it. You yeah, know, instead sure. of Deadman. Like, yeah, maybe the Kings, maybe the maybe the Hornets try right. to get him and, and it's just that contract just seems seems like a bad decision. I am excited for sort of the full time Markel Markel Fultz, uh, you know, hopefully getting like thirty minutes a game. Uh, I'm excited to sort of see where that goes, but uh, they they probably whiffed on the or on the uh, uh, Mo Bamba pick. Uh, you know, they they definitely probably hit on the Isaac pick. But mm-hmm. if Isaac's your best building block, it, I don't know. It's it's not looking good for them. And just obviously, I, I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs, but just long term, you know, the Magic seemed like a team that was you know at least middle mm-hmm. of the pack maybe maybe top 20 in terms of sort of where you'd want to be going forward and now that they now they look kind of towards the bottom well the big issues for them are three of their four best players have wildly underperformed in Vucevic Aaron Gordon who looks worse than last year and Terrence Ross who's been him and Eric Gordon are like battling it out for the worst player in the league so far or like the most damaging player he's been god-awful he's basically their only source of three-point shooting these last few years and he's been pretty good at it he's like a career 37 percent but he's down in the 20s not making anything taking eight a game as a team on average through seven games they're shooting eight for 31 from three they're by far the worst three-point shooting team in the league 27 percent as a team they have a lower true shooting percentage than the bucks have field goal percentage you know how hard that is to do like to have that low of a true shooting percentage yeah crazy they're the only team in the league under 50 percent, and 50 percent true shooting is god awful it's very bad yeah they've i wouldn't even say like looking back we shouldn't really be shocked just because this is last year's team Mm -hmm. but i kind of thought that that stability alone would be enough to just get to 38 39 wins and it it looks like they might struggle to get there just because right now they cannot score whatsoever and i I don't know that they really have a path you know there's not other than like vooch and gordon just playing better which i think vucevic will gordon i have my doubts about they're kind of stuck yeah i agree all right who else is on your list uh the rockets and part of this is you know all the net rating stuff is going to be skewed when you give up 150 plus in a game in regulation in a game uh but just you know they weren't my pick to get the one seed i i had the jazz and then i had the clippers but they were definitely in the in my top three for who would win the most games in the west and you know what would what would make this year a disappointment uh for the rockets in the regular season like obviously they have title aspirations and you know we we can kind of leave that alone but if they win you know 50 games 48 games i mean i think that's a significant disappointment for that team and at least at least not hosting a playoff series yeah. would be a disappointment so um i i think that you know daryl morey mike d'antoni and james harden might not be on this team in in a couple of years because why would at what point does james harden just sort of look around and say 
all right, this is stupid. I'm one of I'm having one of the best like four or five year offensive primes in the history of the league, and there's just no way for me to con myself into thinking this team's ever gonna compete for a championship, and I want out. Like I think that that's a risky run of having a, a 48 or 49 win season mm-hmm. uh, with this group and the defensive. I mean, they're, 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 what are they, the worst defense in the league right now? Uh, close they're they're actually it. 17th in defense, which is surprising. Wait, no, sorry, I'm looking at, I'm looking at last year's Rockets. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, they were 29th in opponents' points. They are 28th in defensive rating. Yeah, so they're they're just slightly better than the Pelicans and the Warriors yeah. defensively. So, Well, I know you said to like you, you kind of have to throw out the Wizards game. Like, to some degree, yes, and it affects things more just because there's such well, a small yeah, sample but it, it still happened no, like I that was a regulation game i definitely don't want to throw it out and right. i just like there's a chance that you know three weeks from now they're 20th in defense but right still it, it you <laughs> any team giving up 150 plus to the yeah. wizards that's bad that's like, really that's, bad that's just not trying at all yep. on that end of the court so the rockets have been disappointing they're four and three um Blew that lead on opening night against Milwaukee, a, a game that I thought they looked pretty good for the most part, despite uh, Harden having a really bad shooting night. They were 11 and 14 to begin last season, and they finished 53 and 29. I, I think for me, it's less about how many games they win, and it's about playoff positioning. Like you said, if they, like with the West being as difficult as it is, I think you can justify, you know, a drop in wins maybe in the 48, 49 range if if you're the three or the four seed, but. If you win 44 games and you're the seven seed and you're playing the Clippers on the road in round one, I think that's a pretty big disappointment. My question about the Harden thing, I, I think that's that is a story that's going to continue to heat up if the Rockets don't ever go on like the type of run that they went on last year, where everything seemed to be, for the most part, good. Um, you know, over the second half, where does he go? Like, what? Where is he going to find a better scenario? I guess. Like, it, it, is it expectation that any team will just kind of hand it over to him? Does he want to play like this? Uh, you know, I think every team that has cap space would try to get him. So, I, I mean, I think it's not sort of where, but like, you know, okay. So say he, well, and he's tough too, because it's, I think to him, what city he plays in is, is extremely important to him. Uh, like I can't really picture him going to Toronto uh maybe he maybe that was kind of what i was gonna say too is like i think siakam is becoming a very appealing number two guy for just about anybody to play with but yeah, i don't know see, i think toronto has come a long way right i i would love to play with the guys toronto has i mean toronto's guys fit perfectly yep. around a, a james harden type of player so and and i think you're right i think siakam uh you know probably gonna win his second most approved player of the year award this year yep uh but you know, if he's your, he's such a perfect second fiddle because he doesn't really have any weaknesses and doesn't need X amount of touches to keep him happy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think that'd be an amazing pairing. Uh, you know, obviously the the Knicks would move heaven and earth to get him. Uh, the, that'd be a lot of fun. The you know, if the Heat can get off some of those contracts and have Butler and Harden play together, you know, maybe that could work. But. Um, I just I can't picture him just sitting there quietly throughout the rest of that contract mm-hmm. if every single year from here on out they just don't really figure into things at the end. Right. I think it depends and, and I don't know the answer to this 
if he wants to keep playing the style like does does he want to go somewhere else and just be the 38 percent usage guy and it's four out and he's just driving and kicking or does he want does he look at like if they fall short again this season which i think we both think they probably will does he look and say like this has been fun my numbers have been great but at the end of the day i only got one mvp out of it you know people still don't seem to respect me the way that i think i should be respected does that maybe force a change in how he wants to play I just I don't think players that are that great can change really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just you know people have been trying to change the way that, um, you know, Le- LeBron. Yeah. I mean, Westbrook his, his entire career, like Westbrook. Uh, every great player has had some sort of issue about the way that they play that teams have have tried yeah. to sort of coax out of them, and it not, never really changes. I just don't. I don't think any of these teams. Like if if you're the Raptors and Harden wants to play, continue to play this way, I think you just say, "Great, we'll give you as much defense and as much shooting as we can, and, yeah. and we'll win a title." Right. I don't. I don't it's, it's not like his style is as damaging as Westbrook. You know, where it's like yeah. Westbrook is. It's proven that you're just not going to win when you play right. that way. Like Harden at least has gotten close enough that he's had. If one one or two things break differently, there's oh, yeah. a pretty good case for him to have a title. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think any team is going to say like, "We'll take you, but you can't play that way anymore." I think half the league would be happy to hand their offense over to james harden uh i have the bulls on my list i didn't include them i know that they've been bad i just my expectations weren't high so yeah i I mean same here to some degree i think a lot of people had them as the eight or nine in the east and that that looks like it's out the window i actually watched them for a full game last night for the first time they looked awesome in the first half everybody was hitting everything Otto porter looked good levine looked good kobe white is awesome off the bench Second half rolled around. They were absolutely terrible. They blew, I think, an 18 or 19-point lead in a matter of, like, 10 minutes to Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma. And then LeBron and and AD came in to finish things off. But it was a just like a thoroughly depressing second half for the bulls and they've they've had many of those so far this season. They got outscored 38 to 19 in the fourth quarter alone. Yep. Of a game they lost by six. (laughs) So that's all I have to say about the bulls. They're pretty bad um my my last team was the blazers yeah uh three and four they're 18th in net rating i think that they i don't know i think that they almost sort of made changes to make changes and they're in big trouble with the collins injury right and they but they went into the year where a collins injury completely f's them you know like they, they just didn't have any depth at that position they were on shaky ground if he played 82 games yeah and now so, he's i mean he's out till march or april like he's not coming back anytime soon and that means a lot of hassan whiteside a lot of hazonia a lot of tolliver um, those aren't players that you want to be playing a lot of if you're trying to get a top four seed which obviously i didn't i don't think either of us expected the players to get a top four seed but they certainly did coming into the year when they're coming off of the year they had last year so mm-hmm you know maybe maybe some guys get unhappy there and we start hearing noise about that i mean i I think it's very possible that the blazers missed the playoffs this year uh and you know i think that that would be kind of a Mm -hmm. disastrous outcome based on uh, the year they're coming off of so i was willing to forgive you know they lost to denver on opening night whatever they lost to the spurs a few days later had a couple wins between that lost a really close one to philly the cork game winner but then to get blown out by that Golden State team the other night was alarming. And and I know the Collins injury, you know, means a lot, but they had basically their full roster against 
the Golden State like or the Santa Cruz Warriors and really was never close at all. I think that's kind of a sound the alarm bells type of loss. Um, would you, going forward, knowing what we know now, would you pick the Timberwolves or the Blazers as the more likely seven or eight seed in the West? Like, which of those teams do you feel better about going forward? I almost like the Timberwolves roster more. I think I do, too. Uh, you know, I think Terry Stotts is a better coach until proven otherwise. But, yeah, I can at least... The Timberwolves, it's it's very clear what is going on there, uh, especially, like, offensively. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's Carl Anthony Towns is just going to be the best offensive player in the league, and everyone else just gets in where they fit in um they don't their roster doesn't have the sort of gaping hole that the the blazers now have in the front court you know i would probably i would probably give them the edge Mm -hmm. what about uh what about if do you think the thunder will hold their players if they can get the seven or the eight seed because they're the I'm gonna thunder, say no. the thunder are three and four but they are 11th <laughs> in net rating and they have the a defense better, is real they have a better net rating than the nuggets than the spurs than yep. the timberwolves than the blazers than the rockets i mean they're i i do still think chris paul and galinari are ticking time bombs when it comes to injuries you kind of have to factor that in um they're in such a tough spot because they almost more than any other team like kind of need that relevance you know they're i think maintaining relevance getting a playoff spot even if you're going to get swept by the clippers in round one like means more to okc than it does almost any other franchise so and they're just so loaded with draft picks that would you rather hold gallo and get into the playoffs or get another protected first round pick yeah well i mean at some point you almost you almost don't want that many picks like you have to you're gonna they're gonna have to consolidate those assets because you're not gonna bring two rookies onto your team every year for five straight years you know all this like you just don't have the roster space for that so i think a move is going to be coming at some point i think they are going to kind of hold those chips until i don't think they they're, need to use they're them. not trading chris paul until they get a offer where they're yeah. no there's no like, obligation for them to yeah, trade chris paul. they're just going to hold him until they actually get an offer right. with assets this uh, is not this is not the lakers or the clippers where they need to win now they have some guy on the roster that they need to win a title this year or next year like if if they have to play out these next couple of years and you know you win 40 games and chris paul is just kind of there you know eventually they probably cave but there's no reason for them to rush into trading him right now at all what uh how high of a playoff seed for the mavericks would you be surprised by well let's see i i'm still i'm very high on the lakers and the clippers i'm still pretty high on denver um I would say the highest I would go on Dallas is six. Denver's your third team. Well, De- I, Denver's still my pick to win the West in the regular season. Really? I know. I know Jokic is out of shape. I know they haven't looked great. They're still my pick. Okay. I, I don't trust the Lakers yet. The I'm Clippers stick- don't I'm, seem to care. I'm still sticking with the Jazz. So okay. we'll, I mean, the so Jazz we, haven't so, looked great. So we'll either. both be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess Dallas to me is closer. Nobody in the West outside of the Lakers has like blown me away so far, and we've you know the Lakers have had an easy schedule, et cetera so i think maybe dallas is closer to that kind of mid-tier in the west than they are like the seven eight nine tier that's sort of where i'm going with that is like i i would not be surprised if the mavs finished ahead of i'd be surprised if they finished ahead of either of the la teams and i you know i think the mavs are about as good as the nuggets basically is sort of what i'm getting at and i think that they 
they the Mavs just make so much sense to me. Like what they're trying to do offensively and defensively, it's just such a very clear uh you know marching orders and mm-hmm. I, I think that they could easily be playing in that four or five game if, if everyone stays healthy even, even though i'm such i'm a big Doncic guy and i know you got you are too i think i may have underrated Doncic somehow like he's i mean I, if you were you know ranking the best players in the league right now he's in the top 15 for sure oh, yeah. right like oh yeah and i think he kind of would have been on the borderline before um but like would you rather have luka Doncic or kyrie irving for this season Luca, but Luka. I mean, I, I'd I'd rather have Trey Young than Kyrie for this season too. Uh, I mean, I think I think Trey Young and, and Kyrie is a little closer, but like Luca to me has firmly, and it's going to take a couple of years, I think, for that to kind of become the standard. But like, I mean, he is as good as just about any lead guard. Would you rather have uh, Luca or Dame Lillard for this season? Oof, I mean, prob- probably Luca. <laughs> and I, lo- I mean, I love Dame Lillard, but I, I mean, Lillard just doesn't. He's never been that like elite next level passer, and Luca is kind of already there. Yeah, it's just uh, that's that passing from a guy that's that big is just such a weapon. It, it just lifts everyone up because mm-hmm. you know every single guy, no matter where he is in the half court, everyone is reachable via one pass for him, and so it's just it puts so much stress on the defense. Yep. All right, we got the college football guys uh, beating down the door here, so we'll. Uh, We'll call this one today. Uh, make sure you use FanDuel if you're playing DFS tonight. Make sure you use SeatGeek if you're trying to buy tickets. Um, you and I will be back next week, Wednesday. I'll be back with Alex on Thursday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.